1: I'm Siege from the Puma Podcast team. If you like listening to this show and others created by our team, you can help us keep making them through our Puma Patak tip jar. Our goal is to get 100 of you, our friends, to make a contribution and show your support for the journalism and storytelling that we do. We're happy to keep making shows that you can listen to for free, but making them isn't free. So we appreciate any support you send our way. All you need to do is to go to puma-podcast.com where you'll find a link to the Puma Patak tip jar. Hi, I'm Franco Luna Puma Podcast. You're listening to Takataka News, Balitang Thinking, Hindi Breaking. In this episode,
2: lumilit ng lumilit po ang ating farmland, Binibili po ng mga malalaking developer at ginagawa commercial at residential land. Ano pong ginagawa ng DA tungkol dito? I'm balance. from Isabela po. At marami po akong may bibigay sa inyong ebidensya, proof, na mga farmland
1: na convert po sa subdivision. It's Tulfo versus Villar on the issue of building subdivisions on farmlands. Who's right?
2: Hindi lang po sa Kawayan, sa Isabela, kundi sa po mga provincia na marami it's... na pong mga subdivision. Na na, well, where will the people live if you don't build subdivisions? Mararami po mga lugar na pwede pong pagtayo na subdivision. Wag lam po i take over yung mga farms. Kasinagpo kung minsan yung mga farmers dahil sila po naging they're being taken advantage of.
1: You just heard Senators Raffy Tulfo and Cynthia Villar at the Senate plenary debates on November 16. As we know, Villar's family business includes the Camelia Home subdivisions and the shopping mall chain Vista Malls. Meanwhile, Rafi, who's from Isabela city in Cagayan, says he's seen too many lands converted into subdivisions in his hometown. He also claimed that many farm-to-market roads have become private property and that their use was ridden with corruption.
2: Yeah. I don't feel any guilt to the small farmers. All the money that came from the rice tarification law were given to the small farmers owning two hectares and below. So how do we?
1: Yep, the- Cynthia also chairs the Senate Committee on Agriculture and Food, and is the principal author of the rice tarification law signed in 2019. Villiard claimed that developers only go after land in urban centers anyway, because rural areas just aren't as profitable. But farming lands have been shrinking for some time now. We used to have 14.7 million hectares of land devoted to agriculture back in 1995. But the Philippine Statistics Authority says that number now stands at 13.3 million hectares.
2: It's an investment decision for these people. If somebody will buy your land at a bigger amount, maybe uh, you can sell it and buy another land that is cheaper somewhere else and build your farm there. I think it's the thinking of business. You have to understand uh, agriculture as a business also. In
1: fact, there's still some misunderstanding over whether or not the Philippines is still an agricultural country. Spoiler alert, it's not. And it hasn't been for a while. Listen to University of the Philippines Assistant Professor and Economist, J.C. Punongbayan. There was a time definitely in our history when a uh, majority of our workers really worked in agriculture, accounted for uh, nearly a third of total output. But if you look at output alone... You will see that even back in the 1950s, we were actually already service-driven in the sense that services predominated the economy even back then. You will see that agriculture really has been contributing a smaller and smaller share to our economy uh, over time. This isn't the first time Villard and for butt heads, by the way. They also clashed over the issue of land grabbing in the Masungi Geo Reserve.
2: We're pausing for a
1: quick break now. When we return, we ask an expert to weigh in on the matter. So are subdivisions really still the best mode of housing here in the Philippines? The short answer is, it depends. Here's a crash course.
2: In general, it is based on height. You have horizontal housing and vertical housing. Horizontal housing tends to use up more land because it is spread out horizontally. And then the constructed units in horizontal housing would be single detached houses or row houses, the houses that are dikit-dikit, uh, no? spreading horizontally, or duplex houses. Now, in vertical housing, you build upwards. And that's because you want to optimize the use of land so that you can build more houses on a re- relatively limited parcel of land. So you go up. No? That's Jimmy Kuda.
1: He's vice president of the RGV Group of Companies. He's also chairman and president of Neo-Calapan Realty Corporation. He says subdivisions were the go-to template for housing from the 1950s to the early 70s, when land was plentiful and most housing projects were subdivisions.
2: Subdivisions were the early prototypes for housing projects in our country. When a developer wanted to build houses, usually he built those houses in the context of a community plan, no?
1: But land is just too limited in the metro these days. Jimmy says having a place to stay isn't the same thing as a place to live in, especially for areas as densely populated as Metro Manila.
2: Outside of metropolitan Manila and mm-hmm. in the suburban areas where land is now more available at more reasonable prices, this subdivision mode would still be the most efficient. Why? It is not as dense as housing that is vertical no, within the inner city. Land is still relatively cheaper, therefore the housing unit can also be priced lower. And mm-hmm. since there is less density, the physical environment in subdivisions is usually cleaner and healthier. Now, inside the urban centers, however, therefore, the best housing projects are usually in integrated projects where people live, work, study, play, pray. You might have come across this phrase already no? in the commercials and advertisements of these new projects, no? live, work, study, play, pray. Meaning, all of the things that you need to be able to do this live, work, study, play, pray are all within the community. And this is sometimes called the walkable community. Right?
1: So, Jimmy says the better question is this What is the most efficient housing mode in terms of quality of life? It's also not true that developers only stick to urban areas because the profit is there.
2: At this time, it's rare to find subdivision developments within the metropolitan areas like Metro Manila or Metro Cebu. Why? Because land has really become very, very expensive. Therefore, subdivisions, any developer who wants to put up a subdivision would rather put them up outside of the periphery of the metropolitan area. To me, this is good because this acts like a magnet for new communities uh, away from the metropolitan centers because, as you know, Metro Manila is so densely populated, it's so congested, hirap ng traffic and all that sort of thing, and then pollution and all that sort of thing. And the only way, the best way to cure that is to create new communities outside of the metropolitan area.
1: So let's get a straight answer to Villar's question. sa titira ang mga tao kung walang subdivision?
2: I think what she wanted to really say is that subdivisions do not pose a threat to agricultural land. And in fact, are good models and uh, even necessary models for housing for the Filipino. Because under present laws and regulations, subdivisions need to be well planned in accordance with housing standards and regulations before permits can be issued and construction started.
1: And that was today's episode of Takataka. Taka. Again, I'm Frank Luna. This episode was edited by Carl Sayat and produced by Kat Ventura. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or two. And of course, don't forget to follow Takataka Teka and Puma podcast wherever you listen. At para sa mga mahilig manood sa YouTube, Puma podcast na rin po kami doon. Just search Puma podcast and subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening.